fun. We are doing two Zoom interviews this week. Welcome to Decaf. How's it going? Great. I must not have annoyed you uh, enough yesterday that you invited me to do another video today. Or so I, quite I, did, I asked you to do this before yesterday, so I felt That's like true. I'm and and now you couldn't back out. Maybe can't back out now. No, it's good. Ron is a. I'm struggling today. I did a sleep study last night, and I feel like I didn't sleep at all. So we'll see how those results come back. Ron's been there. He gets it, and he has mm -hmm. some sympathy for me. So we're gonna do some some Ron heavy segments today, and because <laughs> I just want your opinion on a lot of things. So let. Yeah. Jump right in on this episode of Decaf. We have got a new research paper out that you yeah. really wrote. And we did an extended video on it yesterday. It's so interesting. I said on the video, I said it once, I'll say it again. I turned off HBO to read this thing because I thought it was that interesting. So Ron, give us just some top level takeaways from this report sure. and why we should read it. Sure. So this was a, a licensing report that we put out. Um, and I think what makes why people should read it is, is it's very unique in that Beacon and other organizations, national and other states have looked at like, what are the costs of getting into certain professions? What we did with this one is tracked changes over time. Uh, and, and so what we did was, is we went back like 30 years and read all the licensing laws that have passed in like 30 years track the changes, and then did a bunch of open records requests. Thank God for interns. Yes. To, to Shout out to DJ. That's right. And, and, and Spencer going back even last year. Yeah. Um, and getting from all the licensing boards, how many licenses they issued each year. And what we did was, is we, we, we correlated those and were able to show how, not just whether or not an occupation was licensed, but hey, if they increased hours or they put in continuing education requirements, did even that make a difference of how many people entered a, a certain profession? And we found in a lot of cases that was the, the case. That's what well, happened. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of common sense that if you put more burdens on an industry, right. not as many people are going to go into it. However, right. sometimes when you argue common sense with trying to make reforms like this, people don't listen. And so you got to show them the numbers. So we got the right. cold hard facts, baby. Well, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to make the decision. Let's say I want to be, I don't know, a barber. Like I'm going to make the decision if I want to get all those requirements or not. Right. Yeah. But there really, what this really shows is there is a marginal impact, right? Which is a fancy economic term, but like with every extra regulation, there is a real payoff and a consequence to that. Yes. Right? So um, we, we covered a bunch of different occupations and had some pretty interesting results. So I think it's, um, you know, I, I'm definitely biased, but I do think it is pretty interesting. Um, well, I definitely think it is. And I'm not a nerd like you. And I think it's really <laughs> interesting. I loved it. So you guys go and watch the video on our Facebook page about this. Read the report. The report is linked in that video. It's linked on our page. It's actually so interesting. And if you are somebody who is dealing with licensing regulations and you start to think something's not right here, call me, email me. I want to I want to talk to you. I want to hear about it. Um, speaking of people dealing with things that make you scratch your head. Let's talk about Amber and Johnny. Okay. <laughs> you, if you have been living under a rock, then just skip the next couple of minutes of this because you won't understand. But if you have been living in the world over the last two weeks, you have heard about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and the defamation trial. This goes way back to like 2015. Right. 
Amber Heard wrote an op-ed accusing Johnny Depp of being abusive. Since mm -hmm. then, he has been taken out of movie roles. His characters have been recast by other people yep. in series, even in the Fantastic Beasts series, he was recast because people didn't want to hire somebody who was abusive. Well, he has sued her for defamation. And she has countersued him. And this is the right. point that makes Ron so, so interested. But the whole thing, before we kind of go into our takes on the specifics of it, the whole thing has blown up on social media. Oh, yeah. People have been posting videos of Amber testifying, of Amber posing for the cameras, wiping her tears, right. um, of her lawyer objecting to his own question, of... Johnny's lawyer objecting over and over and over and over to her yep. attorney's questions because her attorney is leading her as she's witness as, as she's on the stand. It has become I can't get enough. I can't get enough. I am addicted to this trial. Um, so and I think that all of America is and it's kind of sad that we're watching these two people's lives absolutely fall apart and we're like getting excited to watch it. It's really sad. But so they did it to themselves. Ron, take it away. <laughs> so here's a couple of things. You know, it's gone like really big and mainstream. I, I love my wife. She doesn't read the news a lot, though. And so she gets her news through like a back way through the Babylon Bee into where like she reads the Babylon Bee first and then goes and finds real news so like she can understand is. the joke from the Babylon Bee, essentially. And so she even the other day was like, what is going on with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? And so like, that's how you know it's it's yeah. gotten this big. That's that's like my barometer. If, if Kristen knows about it, it's a household <laughs> thing. Right, exactly. And it's just because she doesn't care to read the news as much. And yeah. so that's how she gets her news is wanting to understand the jokes in the Babylon Bee. That's so here's, here's what's really fascinating to me is, is, you know, I have always felt like Hollywood couples treat marriage as like dating, right? As the average person treats dating, right? Yes. Yeah. Hey, I'm just dating this person. They just get, hey, we're married. And then they break up and, oh, we love each other. We're just not good fits. This is like a real, real, like what it's like the average Joe goes through. I feel like, you know, obviously just on a much bigger scale. Yes. So that's what I think makes it very interesting. Yes. Here's my problem though. Okay. And you hinted to this. So- Johnny Depp supposedly is worth around like a hundred million. Right. Amber Heard is worth roughly, I saw like eight million. Still a lot of money. I'd love to be worth eight million dollars, right? I'd love it. Exactly. So he sued her, right, for fifty million dollars, which makes sense. Hey, I'm worth a hundred. My career has been ruined. You know, I want compensation essentially to reclaim half my net worth. Yes. She has countersued for a hundred million dollars, more than 10 times her worth. I, I don't even understand how that's possible to where you can sue somebody for like damages for like to your worth, your, you know, for more than 10 times your supposed net worth anyways. That makes no sense. Yeah. Well, I, I am under no illusion that either of them is like a good guy. I don't think that there are good guys and bad guys in this thing. I think that they're both not great people. Right. But I will say this. I think on the crazy scale, she is leaps oh. and bounds. Yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> she is <laughs> way out there. And I think that she is completely out of touch with reality. You know, 
there Which was crazy to me because think about it. Johnny Depp's acting career is made on playing weird, crazy, eccentric roles. I know. And somehow he is coming across as like the sane one. Right. And she's way out there. You know, yesterday in the trial, I saw a clip that she was on the stand for cross-examination and his lawyer was being relentless. And Amber had pledged all of her divorce settlement from Johnny to charity. Mm. And she hasn't paid any of it. She's oh. maybe paid a little bit. She hasn't paid all of it. Anyway, really? his attorney kept saying, did you donate? You, you claimed on the stand that you donated your entire divorce settlement to charity. Is that oh, true? God. And she said, I pledged it. And the lawyer was like, oh. you said under oath that you donated it. Did you donate it or not? And they right. went back and forth. And she was like, well, I pledged it. That's how these things work. And the attorney was like, these are different <laughs> words. Donate and pledge. They're right. different words. Anyway, Amber has really just, she has ruined her own case. Like, Oh, she, absolutely. So, I mean, she's obviously, I, I mean, I, I feel it's okay to say that Stephen is a married man. She's a very pretty woman. And totally. so oh, yeah. I feel like she's the perfect example. If you've ever heard of the whole like crazy hot scale. I was like, about to say, how I met your mother, Barney's hot, crazy scale. Yes. Way too like, much crazy. Even though she's super hot, way too much crazy. Gorgeous lady and all that. Yeah. And it, this is, it has been put on full display. In yes. I'm, I'm perfectly willing to admit that both of them are probably bad people. They probably treated each other badly. She probably endured a lot. But as far as this case goes, she has ruined it for herself. Like yeah. any, any sympathy that America would have had for her as a, a woman who would have who might have been abused who knows what happened in this situation. Right. But if we do believe her as a woman who was abused, the, her actions throughout this case throughout this trial have made her public enemy number one it mm -hmm. is mind-boggling to me I how don't know a person how... can go from most sympathized person to public enemy, enemy number, number one. one I really don't know how either of them like are they just going to have to both completely retire after something like this like I don't know how would you no. start a career after this like maybe they'll you know, go be like real estate agents or something like I don't know <laughs> I don't know it's so odd I don't know what they're going to be able to do maybe yeah yeah I don't think that they can have a career in Hollywood anymore because there's a change.org petition to recast Amber and cut all of her parts out from Aquaman <laughs> like there people are furious because public opinions went like it swung so far in her favor and mm -hmm. then things are coming out and now it has swung the complete yep. other way all because of how she's communicating that's yeah. what's so wild about this is it's all based on her communication which you know you think as an actress right you would have a sense a good knowledge of like inherent pr and comms Perception, and all that, you know yeah. Oh, this is just, it, it is never ending. If you haven't watched any of the clips yet and you're listening to this right now, I hope that we, I hope that this has been like a trailer for the, for the <laughs> saga, because we're going to get a Netflix series out of this. Oh, we're so going to get sure. movies out of this. I cannot wait. It's going to yeah. be quality. Well, now that we've already broken the mold of Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage in a movie, it could <gasps> Johnny be Depp could play Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard divorce Maybe. 
That's his next role. There you go. That's his role. I want royalties. I just came up with the next blockbuster. Yes. I want royalties. Send him to Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> we're sending you to Hollywood right now. Um, well, we can't send you to Hollywood because this is a switch. This is a quick shift of gears. Oh, we can't okay. send you to Hollywood because you are the only person on our staff that can talk about crypto. Okay. And if you thought, if we thought that Amber and Johnny was crazy, this it's crypto crashing. crash <laughs> is. Like it's just crash and burn everywhere these days. Ron, what the heck is going on? So I can't tell you how many people I've had reach out to me, like what the heck is going on, you know, in, in the crypto space. Yes. It just just genuinely curious and all no this one knows. Stuff, you know, no one it, knows. yeah. So I, I am the the crypto fanatic on the office. I won't make this super long, but essentially we've seen two things happen. Okay. One where, you know crypto and, and specifically Bitcoin was kind of talked about it like this inflation hedge, this alternative to the traditional system right. and all that. Somehow, some way over time, more and more, it has become more and more correlated to essentially the stock market, particularly tech stocks. So basically, but it's leveraged. So it's really following NASDAQ more and more and more. So the tech stocks. And so what we're seeing is, is, you know, everything is down right now right it's not just crypto. everything is down right now everything all my right. friends are buying buying, buying. right exactly <laughs> buy the dip right this is not financial <laughs> advice buy the dip no, right it's not official financial <laughs> advice this is just us right. talking <laughs> exactly but so what we're seeing though is is like if nasdaq goes down five percent in a day or two percent you know crypto is going further down right because they're like not what you want. Oh, this is even more risky. I want something safer. So people are leaving that. But if things are rebounding, it's like, oh, I just don't want the 10% gains that Tesla or whatever is getting me. I want more. And it, it, so it's essentially being viewed as a riskier tech stock rather than something inherently different. So, oh boy. so that's what we're seeing right now, I think, oh is, is, you know, as, as, all of a sudden, which is another weird thing, like, oh, because of concerns with inflation, the stock market is falling. Like, why wasn't this happening months ago? Like, everyday people yeah. have known inflation's been going on for a while. And all of a sudden, you like bankers on Wall Street, oh, there's inflation happening, you know, sell. I think that, I think that it's finally reached the normal people. Maybe, like, I guess. the talk of inflation, the fear of inflation has reached the kitchen table. Yeah. As opposed to the economists, the people that read the Wall Street Journal every day, people like us who knew maybe. this was going to happen. Although it seems like it's more in reverse with this. I don't know. But yeah, maybe either, yeah, either way, it's becoming more and more correlated to tech stocks and and, and yeah. as a leverage way. So if it's up, it's even up more. If it's down, it's even down more. That's what's really happening. And then the second thing is, so there are these things in crypto called stable coins, which, you know, crypto, I know that term. Yeah. So that. they're always volatile. Well, let's say you want to like buy or sell, but you don't want to have to go through the whole process of converting your cryptocurrencies to dollars. People, what they'll do is buy or sell them for a stable coin, which is a crypto that's supposed to be a dollar. So it just makes things more easy to transact. Sure. Well, one of these stable coins and the idea is is that for every dollar of the stable coin you have out you have a dollar somewhere in the bank to back it up okay. right that's yeah. what allows it to maintain its value well one of these stable coins was backed up by another crypto 
um, part called Luna and Bitcoin and Luna crashed and Bitcoin has crashed. And so therefore this, this stable coin, it doesn't have a peg. So when it was supposed to be a dollar, it's gone all the way down to 11 cents. And Luna, oh, no. which was like $118 had made millions is now down to like basically zero. Oh no. Right. And so literally you've had billions of dollars of wealth in the crypto space just go poof overnight because one of concerns with the general stock market and then also two this this essentially this stable coin that wasn't the biggest one but was one of the bigger ones has basically gone defunct and and in part because of bitcoin even falling and so it has just totally it's been like a double whammy in the crypto space. So I think it's like $1.6 trillion of wealth has disappeared in the last two weeks in the crypto space. So Ron, you just, I'm, I'm going to spiral this afternoon. I just need to put it out there. I am going to full send spiral on this this afternoon. <laughs> I don't awesome. do crypto, but I am, I, I'm very interested in it, obviously. Yeah. Oh, so you know. I'll, um, just, just search the word, the name, um, uh, do D O Quan K W O N. He's the guy who created that stable coin and Luna. And basically like articles are talking about how this like bad boy crypto bro basically blew up half a trillion dollars of wealth in the past two weeks and all this stuff. So I can't wait for there to be a crime podcast on this. I'm always out there looking for like true stories that are going to turn into a really good crime podcast. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's been a crime committed here. It's just like, you know, people just treating this as speculative bubbles and trying to, to find yeah. the next hot thing, right? Sure. Sure. Without understanding like what they're, these are supposed to specifically do on like where Bitcoin started with, with like, hey, we're making this to serve a purpose. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been, it's been a rough two weeks if you, if you care about that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, you're going to have to keep me updated on that because I obviously can't understand it on my own and you have to spell it out for me. Remember yeah. that clip in the office? when Oscar was trying to explain to Michael what a surplus was, and he was like, explain it to me like I'm in seventh grade. Yeah. Explain it to me like I'm in third grade. Explain yeah. it to me like I'm in kindergarten. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's making obviously Main Street news and all that kind of yeah. stuff that's going on right now. So it's, it's really the double whammy of just what's going on generally and this, this one stable coin basically blowing up is what's been I will spiral on this this afternoon because I will not have time to spiral on it any other day because this weekend is the golf tournament that I get so excited about Ron you are one of the few people that really gets excited about golf with me I, I can get on here with Justin and he's like I don't want to talk about it I get on here with Mark and he's like you're boring but Ron <laughs> you will talk with me about golf and I will I'm yeah so excited so let's for the people listening, this is the PGA. There, okay, there's a difference. There's yes. a difference between the PGA Tour Championship and tournament and all that. And then there's the PGA Championship. This weekend is the PGA Championship. Ron, right. give us a little crash course on what the big difference is because they are different. Yes, they are. So the PGA Championship is one of the four majors in golf, along with the Masters, the U.S. Open, the, and the British Open. Yeah. Right. So here's a good way to think of it is, 
you know, take like NASCAR, right? So NASCAR is the league, which is the PGA tour, right? That goes all year round. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there are essentially bigger races. Like I know the Daytona 500. I'm not a NASCAR fan, but I know, you know, the Daytona 500 or the Indy 500, right? Right. Exactly. Championship is one of the majors in the PGA tour. Yes. And the PGA championship is essentially put on by the PGA of America, which is different. Essentially, it's like the ruling governing body of golf in America. It includes everyone. It includes like golf pros. It includes so many people, not just the professional players. Right. So the PGA of America, exactly. So you, you can become like as an average person, a PGA of America member. That's how you get like a handicap. Um, most of your teaching pros are PGA members. So if you watch the tournament this weekend, there will be like, like uh, even Joe's dad on our staff, right, is a PGA oh, yeah. teaching pro and PGA teaching pros will compete for the opportunity to play with the professionals of the PGA tour in this tournament. Yes, so. it's really great. It, thank you for the crash course. A lot of people don't understand it, um, but I think it's, it's important to understand because people will see the PGA tour logo, the red, white, and blue, and then they'll see the PGA championship logo. And they're like, wait a second, these are different. And yes, they are. So as we go into this weekend, Ron, who are you most excited to watch? Well, obviously um, I've grown up a tiger fan ever since I was a little kid. And so he is playing and going to be in a killer group between him, Roy McIlroy and uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and Jordan Spieth. The three all most in one. popular golfers right now are in yeah. the same group. Chaos, chaos. Yeah, it'll I'm be so really fun. Story. Yeah, I'm really fun. It'll be really fun. I'm really curious just to see um, Tiger's continual recovery. So you know, and he even talked about the Masters. Like it wasn't after his obviously horrific um, right. car wreck. Right. It was. It wasn't golfing itself that was hurting him. It was just the walking right? Being in hurting his leg, yes. um, just walking so many miles. I mean, if you've never walked 18 holes of golf, it is a, lot it's a workout. Fun. It's a long yeah. way to walk. Um, so I'm really curious to see, that's why he started strong, but kind of fizzled as the week went on. So I'm really just going to be curious to see, you know, I'm not expecting him to win or anything like that. Um, right. But it will be fun to watch him. It yeah, always see how he holds up. Tiger. I talk about it all the time. I don't love Tiger, but I do love to see the competition. I'm really excited for Rory. You know, Rory has made some epic comebacks yep. in the last few tournaments. And yep. uh, I am just, I kind of hope that this is, I, I hope that this is his his time. I'm, I'm really hoping one of my favorites who's kind of fallen off a cliff in the past couple of years is Ricky Fowler. And oh, um, yes, a uh, really good guy, just really easy to like, um, was really strong uh, kind of in the mid teens, I guess, but has really fallen off in the past couple yeah. of years. And if he doesn't actually have a strong showing, he could start to not qualify for these bigger oh. tournaments as well. And so a lot of people are talking like, basically, this is Ricky Fowler's, like this summer's his do or die moment for his career. Either he's going to be back on track or he probably will not be not in qualify anymore, not qualify anymore. So, which is crazy to think for somebody who used to be like in the top 10 of golf. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see 
and I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him this weekend as well. Well, you know, I'm a Justin Thomas fan until the day I die. He's my okay. Alabama guy. I will always cheer for Justin. I always want him to win. I always want him to be in the top. When I, when I do choose to do sports betting, I always bet on him. But I really want to see Rory do something, do something great this weekend. Okay. I always root for the Americans. Um, yes. so. Always root for the Americans. You have so, to, that's how my mom raised me too. Yeah. So I, I can't root for Rory, but uh, I mean, he, he, he's a good guy and certainly a, a good competitor too. Yeah. So I want to see him compete. I want to see him hang in there. You know, he's, he's very much like this. And so yes. I want to see him, he's in that featured group with Tiger and with Jordan. And I want to see him compete. I mean, which is crazy to think like you're going to have a group of three guys. I mean, obviously Tiger is the vast majority of them, but with like, tw- I guess it would be around 22 majors between the three of them is insane. It's insane. I saw a tweet this morning that said PGA of America woke up and chose violence yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by putting the three of them together. Cause it's going to yep. be chaos. And there's all these gifts of their start times each day. I just yeah. know. Like, well, especially, like- you know, Tiger obviously comes with a lot of like fan support, like yeah. usually emotion and, and, and roars from the crowd. Rory's a pretty feisty guy on the golf course. Yeah. He's not afraid to show a lot of emotion. Entertainer. <laughs> yeah. So it'll, it, it should be, you know, um uh even if you're not a golf fan like pretty engaging to watch definitely so. tune in i'm i'm so excited well ron i'm sure we will be texting all weekend about <laughs> this golf tournament and uh any final thoughts before we say goodbye for this week um i just uh, it's been fun hanging out uh thanks for the invite and uh, i know i guess mark comes back next week right Mark will be back next week so i will be back to getting absolutely roasted on every episode of decaf so and he'll just make you feel you know like like your life is boring when he just talks about italy for the whole week so yeah i'm just gonna let him talk about italy because honestly (laughs) i've been living vicariously through all of his pasta picks so i'll take it well thanks for joining us ron don't forget to read our paper guys in the our research paper will be on our facebook check it out see you next week